Hello, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us. We're thankful to be with you as we worship God together. Uh, if you got a chance to watch this video Sunday morning, we would like to invite you uh, to 11 a.m. We have a Zoom, which is a reflection service as we reflect on the service, not just a sermon, but just get a chance to share in together um, about what God was saying to us uh, and what God was sharing to us. Again, it's a blessing as we gather to sing, to pray, to listen, and to really hear about what God is doing in us and among us uh, in this kingdom work. Today we'll be continuing our remembrance series, uh, kind of trying to follow through this pattern of how God is consistent in calling us to remember throughout the scripture. God calls the people to remember. And I think part of the reason God calls us to remember is that we're so quick to forget. And it's, it's, it's almost like we are really, really good at looking now in the situation and looking down on ourselves when God wants us to remember that I am here with you. That God wants us to be able to look back because when we look back at God's goodness, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's faithfulness, God's love, that looking back can help us in the now. And even better than looking back, if we look up, look up to God, look up to Jesus, we can find, we can find our hope. And I think this call to remember throughout the scripture is also then balanced even more so with a God who wants to be known. So as we go through this remembrance series, we're going to be asking some questions, some basic questions. You know, who is God? What has God done? When has God done it? Why has God done it? Where has God done it? How has God done it? These questions will help us to find that balance of what is God calling us to remember and to find that balance between our God who wants to be known. Last week, we started this series with a, a simple reminder that God calls us to remember who I am, that God is in revealing himself to Israel as Yahweh is the God who was, the God who is, and the God who will be, the God who promises to be with us through it all. And today we will talk about remembering what God has done. God's call to us today is the, the reminder of simply remember what I have done. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. I'll be reading verses 1 through 9. Uh, but before we get to the scripture, I'd just like to pray for us. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much. The you, the God who was, the you, the God who is, the you, the God who will be, is the God that promises to be with us. It's the God that loves us, the God that keeps us, the God that blesses us with mercy, with grace, with compassion. It's a God that is always there for us, never leaves us, nor forsakes us. And that same God is the God that calls us to the purposes for the kingdom, the God who calls us to shine, the God who calls us to make on earth as it is in heaven. In the holy and precious name we pray, amen. Again, if you have your Bibles, turn with me now to Genesis chapter 12. I'll be reading verses 1 through 9, starting at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. 
So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills of east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Last week when we were talking about remember who I am, we said remember that God was. And one of the things that we have to hold on to in the fact that God was before we was, you know, one of the things we have to hold on to is that God works consistently before we ever were, before we ever existed. God has been at work through generations and generations of God's people. And even personally, God has been at work through our ancestors. You know, if you look at it scientifically, it's a miracle that you even can't come to be. It's a miracle that you're here with us today. But it's also a miracle and a testimony and a witness of God's faithfulness through generations and generations of your people. The fact that God was so faithful for all these years is part of the reason we are even here today. But I think the other aspect of this that we didn't really dwell on last week, but I was thinking about it this week, is that God has actually not just been faithful through generations, but God has been preparing to work through you for generations. God has been preparing you to do the work that God's calling you now to do for generations. God's been faithful. Your gifts, your skills, your abilities, all of that has been honed by the environment and the culture and the setting that you're in so that you can do God's work now. Your story, your experience, the things you value, the things that you're passionate about, your history, what you've been through. God has curated all of that for this moment, for now, for you to serve. God is so faithful that God has been preparing you for this work for a really, really long time, even when you don't see it. You see, in Genesis 11, usually we jump straight to Genesis 12 and we talk about how God calls Abraham. And that's where we're going to go. But right before you get to Genesis 12, at the end of chapter 11, we learn that, that Abraham is descended from, from his father Terah. And Terah is actually a son of Shem, who was a son of Noah. But what's even more interesting than all of that genealogy is that at some point in Genesis 11, Terah gathers Abram and Sarai and Lot. And Terah is actually headed to Canaan, which is the promised land. So even before God calls Moses to go, Terah had something in his mind that I need to go to Canaan. But Terah never makes it to Canaan because they settle in Haran. And I was thinking about how the idea of God calling, Moses, uh, calling Abraham to go into the promised land, we often teach it as like, oh, he's not knowing where he's going. And that's true for Abraham, but it's not true for God. For God had already sowed that seed into the heart of his father. His father just didn't complete the journey. God was already working beforehand before he ever calls Abram. And if we are faithful, maybe we'll get the eulogy that Abraham gets in Hebrews 11 when the writer says this. 
By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, when she was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, Abraham, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. If we are faithful, maybe we get this same eulogy of what our faith and trusting God does. So what a beautiful reality we live in, that before we were, God was. That God works even before we ever came to be. When we looked at Moses, it was important to say that Moses wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the faithfulness of Miriam, his sister, Jacobet, his mother. If it wasn't for the, the faithfulness of Shipra and, and Pua, Hebrew midwives who stood up to the king uh, of Egypt to the Pharaoh and saved those Hebrew babies. And Shepherd and Pua wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Joseph who saved his people from starvation. Joseph wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Jacob. Jacob wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Isaac. Isaac wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Abraham. God works through our generations to prepare us for this moment. God works through your story to prepare you for this moment. So Abram's call is this reminder to us of simply God saying, remember what I have done. Remember, I am calling you to do my work. Remember, I am calling you for this moment. But that is our background. Our passage is actually pretty straightforward. In the passage, we meet Abram, and we meet him by God coming down. And when God comes down, God comes to Abram. God comes to Abram. God reveals who God is to Abram. God then calls Abram from the known to the unknown. Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household, everything that you know, everything that's familiar, and go to the land I will show you. And God promises blessing that Abram would be a great name, that Abram would be a great nation, that all peoples of the earth will be blessed. And Abram obeyed. He set out in faith by the word of Yahweh. And Abram, when he reaches Canaan, he's able to survey the entire land from east to west. He's able to, to be in the land and he sees the people of the land. And Yahweh shows up again and God whispers to Abram, this land and all you see. Don't look at the people. Don't just think about the now. Trust me because I will give this land to your offspring as their inheritance. And Abram, in surveying the land and, and going all over Canaan in the promised land, stops a couple of times to build altars to Yahweh. And then when Abram journeys on again, he builds another altar and calls upon the name of the Lord. It seems pretty straightforward, the passage. But I think the reason this passage has meant so much to those who study the Mosaic law and the Pentateuch, to those Old Testament people, to us as New Testament people in Christ, is because this is actually foundational. Writer Walter Brueggemann said, when I look at this story in Genesis 12, it's actually a second creation story. Because you see, in the first creation story, by the word of God, the cosmos comes into being. 
And yet in Genesis 12, again, by the word of God, not the entire cosmos, but a people are called out by God. God calls a new people, just like God called into creation a new world. When you look at the first 12 chapters of Genesis, God has kind of started on the macro level. It's God creating the world. But in Genesis 12, it's God's focus on Abram. And if you look at the first 12 chapters, it's this rapid moving story where we get not just the creation narrative or the story of the nations of the world and the flood and all these things. But in Abram, you get a slowed down message where God, who's been going rapidly through the story, now stops and pauses and begins anew, and we will move slowly. Another writer said, it's almost like God is in damage control in the first 12 chapters. And then when you get to that 12th chapter, God moves from damage control to promise. God moves from, from rejection and rebellion of him and, and the, the consequences of that to promise and hope for tomorrow that's found in Abram. And this entire story is summed up by God asking for obedience, by God asking for faith, by God asking for trust. And trust with God is defined here by Abram as simply taking the next step faithfully, knowing God is with you, knowing God is carrying you, knowing God will be there, even when you don't see the step after that. Faith and trust is just holding on to God as you take that next step. And if we're obedient, this story reminds us that God blesses our obedience. And how are we blessed in obedience? Well, we grow in faith. You give God a little faith, he gives you more faith as you grow in trust, as you grow in assurance. And God blesses all of those things. And in this story, God blesses Abram to be a blessing. What a reminder to us. That every single blessing that God has lavished upon us, that every single blessing that God has gifted us is not for us to hold on to. It's for us to give it back to him and for us to ask him, how can we partner with you, God, to be a blessing with what I have been blessed with? We are called to be a blessing. And what does God's blessing look like? In this story and in our lives, God's blessing is redemption. The first 11 um, chapters of Genesis are about rebellion. The start of Abram's story is about God's plan for redemption. That 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 was broken will now be healed. That the brokenness that exists in relationship can now be reconciled. That the peace that was lost can now know shalom. Because through Abram, through his faith, through the generations, God will set forth a plan that brings peace with God peace with creation, peace with each other, and yes, even peace with ourselves. The reason the writer of Hebrews picks up on Abram and Abram's story is because Abram is very, very familiar to us, yes. But Abram's story also mirrors our own because God comes to Abram just like today God comes to us. In the person of Jesus, God came to our world. For those of us who believe, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. Like Abram, God calls us from the known to the unknown. And it might not be you leaving your country. For some of us, we did. It might not be you leaving your your, your people. But for some of us, we did. Because when we walked out in faith, maybe they weren't ready to go yet with us. It might not be leaving your father's household, but for some of us we did, because as we stepped out into faith, we in 
inherited and joined a new family, God's family. But God is always in this life going to be calling you from the known to the unknown, from the familiar to the unfamiliar, because God desires the longer you're on this side of heaven to trust him and to keep trusting God. And like Abram, God promises us blessing now and in the life to come. We can know redemption today because God is faithful. We can know reconciliation today because God is faithful and forgives. We can know peace with God today because Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus is alive because he's been raised from the dead. God calls us as well as Abram to obedience Marion Wright Edelman, who's one of my favorite people in the world, one of the great saints, you know, one of the great prophets, I would say, of this land, who's been advocating for, for children and disadvantage for, for, I don't know, longer than I've been alive, for decades upon decades. She remembers hearing Martin Luther King, and, and she remembers a couple of speeches where he had this phrase. He said, you know, faith is taking that next step even when you can't see the entire staircase. And that's what God calls us to, is trusting him to leave that familiar, to go to the unfamiliar, leaving that known to go to the unknown, that every single step we're holding on to God and trusting him for our next step. God calls us to obedience, but God also calls us to remember what God has done. And this is the one I think I love the most about the story. When I first read this story as a kid, I never understood why Abram felt the need to build altars. I'm like, you have a relationship with God. God's showing up. You're talking with God. Why do you keep leaving altars? I think Abram leaves altars not because he owns the land. He doesn't yet have ownership of the promised land. I think Abram needs altars because he hears God's call to remember what God has done. And that's a challenge to us, that when we walk this earth, as we live the life that we lead, are we leaving markers of God's presence wherever we are? Are we looking at the world and seeing how it's not as it should be? Or are we building altars and leaving altars and leaving presence and markers of God's presence where we are? Abram didn't yet own the promised land. The promised land wasn't even under God's rule necessarily. Yet everywhere he went, he stopped. He remembered God is faithful and he left something behind that would point the people to God. And that's a challenge for all of us. Are we living to leave markers of God's presence where we are? Naturally, this call of Abram kind of dovetails nicely with this weekend, because here at HBRIC on, on MLK weekend is what we call it, we tend to stop and to reflect not just on the witness of Martin Luther King, you know, another prophet in these shores, but we stop to, to kind of focus on what has God called us to do. So it worked and actually dovetailed nicely that this would be the week that we'd roll out our new website. So special thanks to LaVon Evie for all her work on that. And to roll out our new logo, so special thanks to, to Ryan Summers and all his work on that. And special thanks for, to Pastor Hannah for kind of trying to navigate all of that and communicate that and get that out to us clearly. So we're rolling out all these new things. But more than the logo, more than the website, more than Martin Luther King, is this weekend is the time to stop and ask, what is God calling us to be, to do as Harrisburg Brethren in Christ? 
And I think it's important for us to stop this weekend and probably more weekends too to remember who God has called us to be, to remember what God has done here, to remember our vision that God has gifted us with. Our vision simply says this. We are an intentional multi-ethnic community, and our vision is to be a thriving, diverse, urban church, sharing Christ's love and serving the needs of our local and global communities. The work that we do, what we understand what God has done, and what we try to give forth as we shine our light here is we are going to be a thriving people. Why? Because God is alive. Because God is alive here. Because God is alive in us. And because God brings life to our world. We are diverse meaning that we're intentionally multicultural, not because of Martin Luther King and his beloved community, but because of Martin Luther King, his beloved community, which I think he pulls from Isaiah's vision of the nations of the, the world streaming to the mountain of the Lord, which I think John then pulls from in the Revelation, which reminds us that every nation, every tribe, every tongue come and worship in the kingdom of Christ the King. And that's what we work for. We're intensely multicultural because we honestly believe that on earth as it is in heaven is not just possible, but that is our call and our work now. We're an urban church. And for us, where we call home is Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. This is our city. This is our home. This is where God has placed us. So we work to shine here. And we are Christ's church, one of many, yes. But the way that we work to shine is simply by sharing God's love to our local community, but also to our world. Our mission is this call to be alive and to bring life, to be the kingdom that's multicultural because it looks like our God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, to love our city and community, but to bring God's love to our world. And in doing that vision, it fills out in so many different ways. But when I think about how that vision empowers the work that we do, I think our mission then is the work that we're doing now because of the world to come. It's the work that we're doing now in anticipation and preparation and because on earth as it is in heaven is becoming more and more reality every single day. So when we worship, when we serve, when we make disciples here, it's to please our God and it's the work he's called us to do. We model and teach and witness the, the, the multicultural and racial reconciliation and racial justice is because it's what God has called us to do. When we serve holistically and we try to fill needs of mind, body, and soul is because of what God has called us to do. We are the kingdom of God because of our faith in Jesus, yes. But what a blessing that our calling is to be a kingdom-releasing people. We don't hold the kingdom to possess, but we gift the kingdom to our world. We remember this weekend what God has done by remembering God's call to Abram, yes, but God's call to us to be God's people here. God bless you.